All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, launched it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving, blue line, jam stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a good trail. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikora kicks it out, got it back near side, Korea. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 34 of the Daily Face Off podcast. As you just heard, I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, to my left, Michael Beebs Bondi. I'm Mike. Or Beebs. Whatever we want to call me today. How you feeling today? I'm a little bit sick. A little <laughs> bit under the radar. So if you hear a little bit of sniffles or some coughs, it's Beebs. It's That's full. me. <laughs> and in Brantford, we got Dylan D. Berthium. How's it going, Dylan D. Berthium? Not sick. Um, so, nice. You know. Healthy. Reasonably well, I guess. You getting pretty jacked up for tonight's game there, D? Try not to think about it for the most part. <laughs> just wait. It just If you think about it, like the hours just take too long to go by. Oh, and then yeah, all, of a su- all of a sudden, like, it's only 2 o'clock, and then it's only 3 o'clock, and 8 o'clock just never comes. I know. I only got one class today at 4 or 2, so I'm basically just twiddling thumbs, reading over every article on Blue Jays Nation. Yeah. So you're, you're trying not to think about it at all, eh? <laughs> I'm just trying to prepare myself mentally for any scenario that could arise from tonight's game. <laughs> well, uh, it should be a good game. I have a feeling it's going to be like a 17-16 game, just mad dingers all day long, like 
with these two offenses going head to head. Yeah, well, I don't know if the Jays want to get into that, but no, definitely know. not. Yeah, not. Well, like game. even if even if it happens, like I still don't think they would be. Yeah, too bad. I mean, like, they got on paper they should be fine, right? Like, it, I think if, like, who would imagine they'd win under ninety games by with having the best rotation in the American League this year? Yeah, no, nobody. Like nobody. The, the pitching staff, you know, just straight up outplayed the offense all year long, which is pretty funny. No one it was would have expected compl- that. Yeah, it was completely opposite of what everybody was expecting at the start of the year. Yeah, but sure. you know what? Like, uh, seems like everything's kind of starting to come together. They obviously have the offense to get it done on any given day. Um, and Batista seems to be heating up at just the right time, and he's that kind of hitter. So, Strowman's like such a big game pitcher too. Yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, from what we've I, seen so far. <laughs> I mean, before you know, without going off on baseball too much, I would have liked to probably see Liriano just with Baltimore's struggles against lefties. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I get the reason you go to Strowman, and I think it's fine. And uh, Liriano will be ready out of the pen, so yeah, probably going to be a mess of a bullpen today. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, as long as you don't see Liriano in like the second inning, it should be a good game for the Jays. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, these kind of playoff starts too. Like, it, you know, Stroman could have a ridiculously short leash, right? Like, even if he just gets himself into a jam early on, you could see him get the string pulled if he just straight up doesn't have it. Um, you see that in these one one game play-ins, but it's crazy, man. One hundred sixty-two games comes down to a one game playoff. Like, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. But That's the ones so weird about baseball, they just yeah. they have the longest season and then the shortest postseason. Yeah, like, at least this year, like this game would have happened either out. way. Like over the last for for like even before the wild card game was introduced, because they actually tied for that last spot. So yeah, yeah, it would be a tiebreaker either way. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. I'm I'm shitting myself for lack of a better word. <laughs> it's uh, I'm excited. I've got my second fantasy hockey draft tonight and it starts right at eight o'clock same time as go. the jays so it's gonna be fun you know you get to draft a fantasy hockey team i got the 100 inch projector ready to go for the jays oh, 100 <laughs> it's inches. gonna it's gonna be good yeah, yeah it's gonna be a good night and then tomorrow we got what the nl game right tomorrow's yeah. nl wild card game? Yeah. yeah 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 beauty so should be a good week but let's uh get into the reason why we're all here fantasy hockey of course um like i said i got my second draft today i had my first one on sunday night it went extremely well very excited for the hat league after how the draft panned out. When's your guys' first draft, Beebs? Uh, we are Thursday night at midnight, I believe. So we got a late yeah. nighter. Uh, we got a couple of bodies in different countries in our league that Jeez. we have to uh, make up for. We got one guy in Bangkok, one guy in Australia. <laughs> so uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, but but we're making it work. We're gonna get the draft done, and looking forward to that. Yeah, and then we got an auction draft on Friday too. We do have an auction draft on Friday, both keeper leagues, so Those they're not full fun. drafts either, which is kind of nice because. Mm-hmm shortens it up a little bit yeah that's what my first draft was was a keeper league we had like uh eight keepers each so it was only like a, a quick 12 round draft yeah. it was nice but it's so funny because like literally last week on the right wing podcast i said like i'm literally terrified to draft alexander radulov and my first draft pick of the 2016-17 fantasy <laughs> hockey season was alexander radulov it's always how it goes go home, eh? i yeah. was like well like, i was pretty excited like to get him in, like, it was basically the ninth round. So I feel like that's I pretty reasonable value. Um, it was, like, because all my keepers, I had zero right wingers. I was loaded at center, loaded at left wing, loaded at D and goalie. I had no right wingers. I was looking at the right wingers available. It was, like, Radulov and then literally nobody. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I have to. I have to go for it. So, But <laughs> a lot of these guys that we've been pumping up in the in the preseason here, I was able to snag on my team. Like, I got, our, I got Max Domi 
we talked about a lot on yeah, the last one. I just find funny. Max, don't be making it to the like the second or tenth round. Oh man, it was so funny. The uh, one guy before right. we jump in and break down all the defense, like God, it was I was dying. I think it was like the ninth overall pick in the first round. This league has hits involved in it, but the one guy first round, Matt no. Martin. <laughs> Not even kidding. Titans are the good one. Yeah. Somebody's so, repping the dub. No, but then and then we were all like. Are you like, what are you high on? And he's just like, my computer crashed. And like, I had three <laughs> seconds to make a pick. I'm like, so how is that the pick that you made? Yeah, how's that your guy who's queued? Like, that's the sure. one guy that was queued up, <laughs> just, just ready to go in, in case go. it crashes. Like, probably went uh, to high school with him. Yeah, Matt Martin. We're like, okay, yeah, that's a good way to start the season. I'm like, I was trying to debate like who to take. Like, oh, should I take Domi or Radulov? What should I do? And then it's like Matt Martin one. I'm like, ah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll get somebody good in the second round. Matt Martin before Domi, definitely yeah. more keeper value. <laughs> Definitely. I don't even. I wouldn't even draft Matt hey, Martin before Ty Domi right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would draft Ty Domi. Hey, come on now. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> let's let's get into um, our defensive breakdown. We've already given you guys our centers, our left wings, our right wings, uh, and then this week we've got defense and hopefully goalies later in the week as well to wrap up our positional previews. Uh, so much like the last three shows we've rolled out, we're going to give you guys our respective top tens at the position, um, our must have. Uh, our break, our, our sorry, our breakout player, our sleeper, our bust, and our rookie uh, defenseman that we're all looking to target in fantasy hockey circles um, this October, this week, next week. We're only Whenever. we're only eight days away from yeah. the start of the season, so we got to rip through these podcasts and uh, get the listeners some some healthy advice. So D, as usual, we'll start with you. Um, I'm pretty sure there's not much question as to who the number one defenseman on your list is, but uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your one through three? Yeah, I mean, barring another 27 goal season from Brent Burns, I think Eric Carlson will easily end up being the number one ranked defenseman again. Uh, Clean 82 points last year, even point a game, which is just ridiculous from the blue line. Um, You know, 82 points from the back end, if like that's worthy of a top five pick in uh in my opinion just because you're not going to find that kind of production really anywhere else uh for that position yep uh and yeah like like i said just extremely valuable crazy consistent since he's come back from that uh terrible achilles achilles right uh yep injury he had a few years ago he's been a safe bet for 65 plus and like i said last year touched 82 um so for me it's carlson uh, number two, I got Brent Burns. I think. Hold on, can I just touch everyone's... on Carlson for a second? I just Go wanted to dish out this stat. So, like that 82 points he put up last year, uh, that he was only the third defenseman in the last 22 years or 20 years to post 82 points. The only other guys were Ray Bork and Brian Leach, uh, yeah. both in 1995-96. So, right. pretty when elite there's a lot company. More scoring in the league. So. Exactly. So, 82 points at this rate uh, in this league now from a defenseman is ridiculous. I don't think, I have a hard time believing he'll be able to to top that or touch that again, but even still, like, mid-70s points is certainly, like, reasonable and very doable for a guy. I mean, I have his floor for 65 points, which would obviously be relatively disappointing, but still, like, Amazing solid floor, yeah. Even if, like, your floor is 65 points, you're probably leading all defensemen in points still. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so, go ahead with Brent Burns. Um, yeah, so I think this is probably everyone's one too. Like almost, arguably a, a more impressive year than Carlson last year. Able to score twenty seven goals plus forty eight assists. Uh, crazy, seventy five points. Uh, it, you know, if he could guarantee another twenty five plus goals, I'd probably give him the nod over Carlson. I, to me, I don't see that happening again. Uh, 
I, like like I said, I love shot totals, but his his last year was just ridiculous. Like there's, I really don't imagine him breaking 350 shots again. It was 108 more than his previous career high. Um, if he does it, you know, he he's gonna he can definitely push Carlson for that number one yeah. spot. Yeah, and like um, Carlson, that was that was another historical season. Um, yeah, definitely. So that was the second most shots and goals by a D man also in the last 20 years. So he's <laughs> like of like. Of the past two decades, those were two of the best defensemen seasons ever. That's oh yeah, insane, man. yeah, that's ridiculous. He, like he, even if he flirts around like two seventy five, three hundred, he's gonna be you know easily the, the number two defenseman at least this year. So it, he it had kind fifty of, more shots than Pacioretty, who was the number third ranked. Yeah, I he, guess, like he almost touched Ovechkin, which is yeah. ridiculous. But uh, it's crazy. I I stumbled upon this um, while I was reading up before the show. Right now, um, Brent Burns is actually being drafted on Yahoo ahead of Eric Carlson. That's pretty um, crazy. And for some yeah. absurd reason, Carlson's falling out of the first round right now. That's also crazy. His ADP is 16, which is just insane. Like, if you're getting Carlson at 16, like in a 12-team league... Yeah, you're getting a forward on oh, defense. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a guy I would be looking at if you have, like, one of the turn picks there. Um, if oh, he's yeah. there at the end of the first round, I'm for sure picking him up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. But it's just, like, to, to drop to 16 is just out yeah. of this world. Uh, but who's your number three, D? Uh, so this one, you know, is kind of tough, but after some deliberating, um, I went with Latang. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of just how lucky are you feeling? If you're feeling confident in his ability to stay healthy, he can be like an absolute stud right up there with the best of them. Um, still missed 11 games last year, but played 71, which were the most since the 2010-11 season for him. Uh, but yeah, his point per game rates are phenomenal. He had 67 points in 71 games last year. Um, Definitely some considerable risk, like we said, but if, if he can actually stay healthy, he could be a serious steal where he's going in most drafts right now, which I think is somewhere in the 40s. Yeah, so he, like which last year, my bold last year my bold prediction was uh, that he'd play 82 games. Didn't. Yeah, no. Did, it was close, though. 71. 71? 71 games wasn't too bad. And yeah, career high, 67 points. Yeah, his ADP That's like right 104 now. in Chris Letang games. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. yeah, he played like for like three, he played enough for like three players Plus, in Chris Letang. Playoffs? Oh my God. It's like dog years. Body. It's like dog years, man. But yeah, he's going ADP right now is uh, 38, so that's great value. Um, so for me, uh, I have Carlson, Brent Burns, and the tag one, two, three, and so does Beeb. So not worth uh, really touching on those guys anymore, unless Beebs, you have anything else to add to the any of those three? Nope. Pretty um, self-explanatory. No, I'll be I'll be attacking the tag later, but we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Beebs, why don't you give us your four through six? Okay. Um, I kind of uh, kind of went. Move my board around a little bit compared to regular top tens, but um, because mostly because a lot of people had PK Subban above Roman Yossi, and uh, that's where I switched mine up at number four. I actually have Roman Yossi, and uh, it's strictly because for a couple things, he's younger by a year. I mean, it doesn't mean much, but he is younger than PK by a year. He put up 61 last year compared to PK's 55, obviously, different defenses, different offenses as well. But I just like Yossi, I think he is the new offensive leader out in Nashville. Obviously, it's a toss up. They're both great offensive players. They're both going to feed off each other. Um, he's been improving every single year. As mentioned, 61 points. That's pretty impressive. And then he's kind of a guy that's still going under the radar. I don't think people really understand how good Roman Yossi is. And I think now with PK back there with him, that that's just an absolutely. It was a lethal power play, but it gets even more lethal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shea Weber, PK Subban, doesn't matter. He's going to find the bot or the guy to uh, to get the puck to. As well as as we mentioned in previous weeks, Ryan Johansson's getting older. Philip Forsberg's getting more mature. We have guys that are ready to step out of their. Yeah, shell. I love this Nashville team. Yeah, and they and he's going to be their leader and their their quarterback. Um, with these guys stepping out, I do believe. I just I just think I have Yossi a little lower. Um, I have him lower than Subban, but you're Same. right. He just he he he's improving every year, and coming off of a career high 61 points. Over the last three years, uh, he has the fourth most points and seventh most goals among D-men. So he obviously deserves some consideration near the top five when it comes to D-men because he has been so consistent. And I think the addition of Subban only helps Yossi. Um, but who do you have rolling in at number five, Biebs? Okay, so at number five and six, it's kind of a toss-up. Um, <laughs> but I will put Oliver Ekman Larson right there, and that's just strictly because I don't want to go Nashville, Nashville in the top defense. <laughs> uh, but Ekman Larson, again, he's one of those guys who... Uh, Due to the team that he plays for, he kind of gets crapped on. And uh, a couple years ago, he had a 23-goal year. That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive from a D-man. He's still young. He's only getting better. And Arizona's only getting better, too. Yep. So as they improve, I assume he will improve as well. I think this guy's a total stud. He's had Carlson comparisons kind of his whole life. Um, him as well as Klingberg. They're both the new Carlson's coming in, even <laughs> though Carlson's 26. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. Um he had a 21 goal last their 21 goal year last year. His shooting percentage is normally around the nine, eight point five. That's pretty, yeah. pretty fin- yeah, fantastic from a defenseman. And uh, just in general, I really like him. Um, in general, yeah, yeah. I, I, Ekman Larson is probably outside of Burns is probably the safest bet. Maybe Weber too uh, to score 20 goals. Like the guy last year, he was he led all defensemen in game winning goals. Was tied for second in goals, power play goals, and power play points. So he's a huge producer on the power play. And back-to-back 20-goal years is huge. Uh, who do you have rolling in at six? Six, I have uh, PK. PK, I was going to say his full name, but I just didn't really <laughs> screw it up. So PK, as mentioned, um, I don't really have to go over this much more. Uh, I, I like them both. I love him and Yossi. Either way, if you get one of two, you're doing great. PK had an off year last year. He's going to come back this year, hopefully with a new fire under his ass. He's got a new team. He's got stuff to prove. Yep. I think he's going to be pretty great. Expect more than six goals that he had last year because that's just – PK is way too good of a shooter for yeah, that to and I'm sure I'm sure D will touch on this too. But he's coming off like you mentioned a career low six goals, but yeah. that dipping goals can obviously be attributed to his ugly three point four shooting percentage. Yeah, where his career shooting percentage isn't too much higher five point eight. But if you if you average that out over his hundred and seventy six shots, that turns into ten goals opposed to six, which is much more reasonable. Expect PK to get back to double digit goals with assists in the mid forties to even up you know maybe fifties. Uh, tons of upside. I love him in Nashville. Um, before we go to D, I'm just gonna say I have PK at four. I actually have Dustin Bufflin coming in at five, um, just because he's averaged 52 points per year over the last five full 82 game seasons, which is tremendously consistent. Um, and he also just contributes in all categories. Right over the last three years, he's third among defensemen in shots, fourth in goals, fifth in points, sixth in hits, and eleventh in power play points. That's just straight up production. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson's my six. And we've already touched on him. D, how about you? Uh, any changes to your four, five, and six? Uh, just the order. I got Subban at four. Um, and yeah, like you said, I'm expecting him to break 10 goals this year at least. Um, mm-hmm. and it, like To me, like his floor is so solid. His uh, his consistently high assist totals you know, are going to give him that solid floor. He's been plus 40 the last three years, um, which is you know right up there with the, the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I think the difference, you know, I don't like. I think Nashville, you know, it should probably help, um, I, but he's always been an elite defenseman to me. 
Uh, I, I think more than anything, it's just, you know, if he can stay healthy throughout the course of the year, he missed 14 games last year, which a lot of people, you know, tend to overlook when they're talking about his season. Um, and yeah, a slightly higher shooting percentage could definitely see him, you know, flirt with around 15 goals, which is uh, right around his career high. And I don't think that's, uh, you know, beyond uh, belief when you look at the power play he's running into. It's definitely a stronger power play. Obviously, Weber contributed a lot to that, had the hardest shot in the league, still has the hardest shot in the league. Yeah. But uh, it, it, there's a lot of good pieces to like on that power play. And, and Subban's, you know, a very talented power play uh, man in himself. So, yeah, like, I, I, I like PK a lot um, to break 55 points again. Yeah, I'm a little weary of how high he is going in Yahoo. I think he's like the second. 20, yeah, third, third ranked defenseman, 22nd yeah, so, overall. You know, if you can fall back a few rounds later than get Yossi, there's probably not going to be that much uh, difference between the two. But I do imagine Suman's going to outproduce him this year. But again, it, like shooting percentage can sway that either way. Yeah. Um, if you gotta, look at Yossi's ADP right now, it's actually ridiculous. He's going like outside the top ten in terms yeah, of defensemen behind wrong. guys like Shane Goss to spare. Yeah. The only thing John I'm gonna, Carlson. I, I'm going to worry about is I don't think PK is going to score as much goals as Weber. I think he's you know. A I, I don't think he's a twenty. Oh, he's a twenty goal no, guy. Yeah, he's a better defenseman than Shea than like every other aspect of the game, except for the fact that Shea's got one of the best shots in the league. Definitely the best for a defenseman. Yeah. Um, so you know I, that's the thing about Shea is he's always going to have some value in fantasy, no matter you know how much uh, his skating or other parts of his game might you know start to decline. If he has that shot, like he's going to be a threat to score on the power play, and he's going to be fantasy relevant. Um, so th- my point anyway is that could potentially drive down Yossi's assist totals a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Weber, one of the best defensemen on the power play, shooting-wise. Uh, but anyway, I got Ekman Larson at five. You guys have already touched on him. Back-to-back 20-goal seasons. Um, for me, he just needs to see his assist totals rise if he wants to be put in the same tier as the guys ranked above him. Yep. But if Arizona continues to take the strides we've seen them the last few years, we could see that for sure. That is literally verbatim what I have written down about nice. Oliver Ekman Larson. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> well done. Uh, and then six, I got Big Buff. Um, simply because he seems as, you know, as one of the more consistent goal scorers on the blue line, if not the most, he's been in the high teens the last few years, definitely has the ability to break 20 goals. And again, the only thing that really limits his upside to me is his lack of assists. He only broke 40 once in 2011, the 2012 season. Um, but yeah, his assists, his ability to consistently put up over 200 shots in the back end definitely gets in this spot for me. And then I got Yossi at seven, um, just kind of coming under there because of the reasons I've mentioned before. Yeah. I have Yossi, uh, in at seven as well. Um, I just, I just love that that duo. Like both of them are such good skaters, and um, Yossi's such a good puck mover. Like just with that offense improving, yeah. adding Subban to the mix. I just it, I'm excited to see how it works out. It's gonna be great. And you know the thing people sleep on a lot for Yoshi, I think, is his shot. Um, I, but I guess playing alongside Shea Weber your whole career will probably do that. Yeah, but he scored you know 13 plus goals three years straight. Um, even before we kind of saw his assist boom a little bit. Yeah. so definitely nothing to scoff at there. I would, and that's what I was gonna say. Like maybe we'll see. Uh, his assist total drop off because Weber is gone. But maybe we, we'll see his goals climb up a bit because maybe yeah. now he's going to get the opportunity. PK feeding him for Definitely. some more shots. Uh, so we Definitely. could see his goal total rise, even if it, his uh, assist total takes a small hit. Um, but let's look at 8, 9, and 10. Um, I'm going to start here with Mark Giordano at 8. Uh, he ranks fourth among defensemen in points per game over the last three years. Uh, injuries were a bit of a concern there for two years in a row, but he played a full 82 uh, last year. But in po- when we're looking at point per game numbers, uh, we kind of mentioned it with Latang already. He's only behind Carlson, Latang, and Burns. So Giordano, when he's on the ice, is one of the most productive uh, fantasy defensemen. Um, he's a clear top ten defenseman in my eyes. 
Uh, and I think that the, the Flames are only going to be a better team this year than they were last year, which helps uh, Giordano's overall value. Nine, I have Shea Weber. I think, as we've mentioned before, it's going to hurt his value a little bit moving away from Yossi, but his shot is unrivaled. Uh, yep. It's going to keep him around 20 goals, regardless of who he's playing with. He'll still uh, produce elite power play numbers, especially power play goal totals. Um, and then 10, this is probably where I go a little different than a lot of the other pundits. I really like Tyson Berry. Um, I think a case could have certainly been made for a lot of other guys, um, specifically John Klingberg and John Carlson, uh, who come in at my 11 and 12. But I have Barry at 10 uh, strictly because uh, I... I'm a firm believer that the, the Avalanche are going to have a better offense, which we seem to talk about every single episode. Um, and Barry is 7th among D-men in points, tied for ninth in assists and 11th in goals, um, and 14th in power play points over the last two years. That's very close to being a top 10 fantasy defenseman and an improved Avs offense this year. If he, if he was able to put up those type of numbers on a shitty Avalanche offense, yeah. a little bit more production out of that team uh, should help buoy Barry into the top 10 here. Um and right now, I don't it's even William. know where he's going. Let's That's take a nice. look. Like he's dropping. He's ninety. Unrespected. He's ninety-one. Um, his ADP right now, which is like twentieth overall defenseman. So uh, he's a guy that you should look at. Maybe let him drop a little bit because he's going to be his top ten potential for sure. Definitely a top fifteen defenseman. I really like Tyson Berry. But Beebs, who is your uh, eight, nine, and ten? All right, so at seven, I actually had Dustin Bufflin. We didn't okay. go over that, but oh, that's sorry. just nothing to touch on there. He's up there the same reasons, a great scoring defenseman. At eight, I have um, coming in is John Klingberg, and I'm actually going to touch on him a lot more later when we go to the must-haves because I love John Klingberg. I love the team around him. If we're liking what's around uh, Yossi in, mm-hmm. in Nashville, then we're really loving what's around John Klingberg in Dallas. Last week, I mentioned Dallas is the first team in two years to average more than three goals a year, or sorry, a game. And uh, with that, I think they're going to continue that success. They brought in Yuri Hudler as well. That power play is going to be absolutely filthy. John Klingberg's 24. Again, I'm going to jump on him later, but John Klingberg comes in at my 8. At 9, I have Tyson Berry, and Tyson. kind of the same reasons for you. I think uh, he has a new offense. He's one of those guys where he wasn't really given the high-end minutes until recently. Uh, last year, he kind of took over as the yep. Avs. Big D-man over Eric Johnson. And uh, I think this guy has the ability to put up uh, quite a few points. And it is fantasy, so I do like points from my defenseman. <laughs> Finally, I, at number 10, I have Shea Weber. And the thing about Shea Weber is just I, I, I like where he's going. And I think people are forgetting that some a certain veteran is out in Montreal, and that's Andre Markov. He's someone who's kind of been steady the past couple of years and oh, someone yeah. who's worked well Especially with PK. So I think he's going to do great just to set up Shea. I think that's going to be a nice combination, a little bit of veteran veteran savvy out there and all that it's nice a lot stuff. of veteran savvy between the two of them yeah so uh i don't mind shea weber again he's not going to get you the assists i don't believe but he will get you those goals no matter what if he's healthy so you gotta like that eight nine ten d uh yeah my eight you know surprisingly left off both your guys top tens drew doughty um you know granted not as productive as his name or star power might lead you to believe uh but he really needs to be around the 14 goals he had last year to be put in the elite fantasy D-man conversation as, you know, he just doesn't really get the assists. He won't be topping 40. Um, LA has serious depth, depth issues up front this year, which could definitely hinder his overall production. Uh, but to me, you know, he, his floor is just so solid that there's nothing wrong with putting him in this spot and taking him here because I think he's a really safe pick. Um, so yeah, a really solid D-man to have on your fantasy team plays in every situation imaginable. Uh, one of the better actual defensemen in the league for sure. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't yeah. always translate into production. I think it's like Jonathan Tay's style, yeah. where like he's one of the the best 
players in the league, but he's just doesn't not always the best translate at to that fantasy hockey. Position, yeah. yeah, maybe like Patrice Bergeron even, but um, yeah. But to me, you know, I, I again very solid defenseman. I think a very safe pick, but I just wouldn't take him before any of the guys I have listed above. Uh, number nine, I got John Carlson. Um, suffered a major injury for the first time in his career last season. Hadn't missed a game for five straight years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately derailed what was a very promising year. Still managed a uh, respectable 39 points in 56 games, uh, which is very good. Number one blue line option on one of the best offensive teams and power plays in the league. <laughs> There's not like a, a lot more to say about Carlson. Washington's just phenomenal. His best forwards to play with, I think, in the league. It's just so funny because I have him as my must-have outside of my top 10. And if you – it was literally like you read off my screen. I literally <laughs> even true. have the word derailed that's like that's, that's, written that's, down. That's funny. That's funny. I just but anyway, who's your number 10? We'll touch more on Carlson in a bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, 10, I got Shea. Um, and, yeah, we've already talked about him. Like I said, just the hardest shot in the league. He's always going to be a threat to score on the power play. And I expect him to be around 20 goals yet again this season. Yeah. Um, before we move into our must-haves outside the top 10 and then uh, Blue Stones, ultimately, I just want to touch on on Doughty again real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you, he is probably, arguably, one of the best defensemen in the NHL when it comes to just real-life value. Um, fantasy value obviously doesn't always translate. Um, and that's the only reason that I get scared away from Doughty is just because he always seems to go much earlier than he should, yeah, just always. based on his name alone. But last year, he turned in a true top 10 defense performance yeah um and if he can do that again like i have him ranked lower closer to 20 actually among defensemen just because i don't believe he's going to get to 14 goals and 51 points again um yeah, but he's but, still a know, very safe some defenseman. offense to go around on that team this year like i said they lost some pieces and you know just not as much depth for a team that has the puck 60 percent of the time and someone's got to score when that happens so no for sure and then but the only thing that scares me away is right now he's been being drafted as the sixth overall defenseman yeah. Uh, yeah. on Yahoo. So like he's his ADP is 43. He's going ahead of the, the Ekman Larsons, the Roman Yossis, the Webers, the Klingbergs. And I just don't think he's actually like his, his, uh, his ceiling isn't there, I guess. Like his ceiling is what we saw last year exactly. where these other guys are Probably, a little bit yeah. higher. Um, but I do, I like, I, I can't really argue with any of the points that you made about him. Um, uh, but Biebs, let's go back to you, uh, before we go to the break here, who is your must have, um, on draft day? As I mentioned, uh, John Klingberg is definitely my must-have, and my reason for this is kind of I just don't even think he's getting the respect that he should get. He could almost be a sleeper, currently being drafted about 60th overall in most uh, Yahoo leagues, which is, um, as we mentioned, Drew Doughty's going before him. I think um, uh, you could toss him up, but but my thing is, again, as I mentioned, this is fantasy hockey, and, (laughs) and I want the most points that I can get out of my guys, not the most... You know, whatever um, <laughs> minutes or plus minus, I don't give a shit about that. Uh, so John Klingberg, I think he's uh, getting very little respect for the team that's around him. He's one mm-hmm. of those guys where he could just sit there and leave the puck for whoever's going up ice, and he'll probably get a secondary assist on a power play. Um, he had 40 points in his rookie season. That's nothing to scoff at, and that was only two years ago. And then last year was uh, was his his uh, breakout sophomore year, year yeah. and it, everyone expected kind of a slump, and he really did break out. He had 58 points, uh, 10 goals, 48 assists, which is pretty phenomenal from the defense, or from the back end. I call him Carlson 2.0, and I actually <laughs> mean this one um, more than Oliver Ekman Larson. Almost, uh, I think at 24, he has an absolute massive, massive uh, ceiling. ceiling, and I think that he really is going to achieve that this, maybe not this season, but 
go, kind of work his way into I think like last season. Yeah, like he's a mid-50s type of guy. Uh, the one thing that's worth mentioning is he played over three minutes per night on the power play that ranked fourth in the NHL last year. Yeah, so insane. you really can't dislike that. Nope. Uh, as Definitely mentioned. top 10 upside for sure. Yeah, yeah the, o- the only thing I would say against Klingberg that I think is probably scaring most people off um, is kind of, you know, how, how he finished the year last year. He had yeah. an incredible yeah, first half. He's probably the number one ranked D-man in the first half last year. Yeah. Um, but I think he finished the last, uh, from January on, if I'm doing this quick math right, I think I believe it's 23 points in 37 games. So still solid, but, you know, definitely trailed off from the elite production we saw early on in the year. But um, like Beef said, still a young, growing defenseman, probably just about on the edge of his prime on a very good offensive team. So still a lot to like with Klingberg for sure. Yeah, he had before the All Star break, he had forty points in fifty games, which is just mm-hmm. crazy. And then finished with eighteen and twenty six, so still not terrible. But he definitely dropped off a little bit. Um, D, who's your must have outside the top ten? Uh, Victor Hedman. I know I've talked this guy up a lot before, um, specifically last season. I believe he got off to a slow start, and I made a bit of a segment off on that. And he did ultimately turn it around. Uh, you know, uh, relatively speaking, anyway. Mm-hmm. But he finished with, you know, I guess what would be a mildly disappointing 47 points. Um, but there's just a lot to like in Hedman. Like, honestly, an elite defenseman. Um, again, probably one of these guys that's in the top 5, 10 D-men in the league category. It's just a matter of whether or not that production um, continues to transfer over into an elite fantasy defenseman. But he, he's got elite offensive skills surrounding him. And he's turned into a reliable threat to score double-digit goals. Uh, and to me, he's just a real possibility to break 60 points this year if he's able to stay healthy all year, uh, which would be amazing production for a guy going in the seventh round in Yahoo right now. Yeah, Hedman's a uh, real, real good defenseman. Um, and I think a lot of even his, like you said, mildly disappointing numbers last year can be attributed. He had a bit of a slow start, and yeah. um, the Tampa just wasn't as good offensively, I don't think, as a lot of people were expecting after their yeah. kind of explosion two years ago. Triplets weren't but, working, Stamkos yeah. was a bit off. So, like, a whole, if, if they all come back together a little bit this year, I think uh, that'll help Hedman out. And then if he doesn't get off to quite as slow of a start as he did last year, uh, that'll obviously help as well. I'll quickly just touch my must-have is John Carlson, who uh, actually cracked um, D's top 10, but he falls in at number 11 for me. Uh, through the first three months, he was probably one of the best fantasy, if not the best fantasy defenseman in the NHL. He had 27 points in his first 34 games. Um, but as D said, his season was derailed by an injury, and he struggled kind of after he returned to full health. But before that... <laughs> He, uh, he was on pace for 65 points, which is massive upside. Um, and I think, like, as you mentioned, he usually is healthy. Um, 82 games almost every year, except for last year. Has a very solid floor and plays massive minutes on a potent power play. Pretty much verbatim. Uh, I read it earlier. So um, let's go over to the Blue Stones really quickly. Uh, enjoy a minute of the Blue Stones. When we get back, we'll talk about our breakouts, our sleepers, our busts, and our rookie defensemen that... You know, we're really looking at or not looking at in terms of busts uh, in the fantasy hockey season too. So enjoy the stones. See you back here in a minute.
Episode 34 of the DFO Podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthium. Hope you're enjoying our 2015-16 preview of Fantasy D-Men so far. We've done our top 10s, our must-haves, and now Brock's going to get us going with our top breakout candidates at the position for this year. Who you got, Brock? There's a number of guys, I think, um, kind of younger defensemen that can be huge breakouts this year. But the guy that tops my list is Aaron Ekblad, um, for obvious reasons. Entering his third year here. So as an 18- and 19-year-old, Ekblad was tied for ninth among D-Men in goals. And tied for 29th in points. Uh, so in his first two years, is is really good production. Um, he's arguably the best young defenseman in the NHL. And I just think the addition of Keith Yandel is going to just help him so, like that much more. Um, that's just probably going to be his D partner. Yandel has tremendous offensive upside himself. I actually like Yandel as a bit of a like a re-breakout type of deal. Uh, or like a sleeper. Because his value has kind of dropped since he left. Arizona, which is strange to say a little bit. Uh, he had a bit of a big year uh, with the Rangers last year, but I think Ekblad will help Yandel. Yandel will help Ekblad. Um, and I think that Ekblad, like in his first two years, very, very steady production. I think he comes in with a very steady floor um, and one of the higher ceilings at the position. Uh, so Aaron Ekblad is my breakout defenseman for 2016-17. How about you, Biebs? Uh I'm kind of... I'm not fully 100% confident in this pick, but I do <laughs> I do not totally hate it. I have Sammy Vatnin, uh, 25-year-old defenseman out in Anaheim. And for me, uh, what it really is is uh, I think he's finally just going to have that number one pairing. He's kind of stepped into that last year. He's finally going to have that for a full 82 games. He is really the only guy out there in, uh, in Anaheim who can uh, quarterback a power play. And uh, I think that's going to bode well with him, especially for fantasy points. And uh, he had uh, 17 points two years ago on the power play, 19 last year. I could see him getting over the 20-point mark for the first time in his career this year, absolutely, with uh, Perry and Getzlav out there. As we've mentioned on previous episodes and in general, they both kind of had off years, it seemed, or at least started slow, and that could hurt Vatnin. If they have full full production years like they are capable of, Vatnin could reap the benefits of that, and I think they will since they are coming off a World Cup of Hockey victory. Woo, go Canada. <laughs> uh, they had 38 points last year. That's decent, but I, I'm expecting more The only him. thing with Vatnin uh, has been his durability yep. issue. So if he can stay healthy, there's obviously tremendous upside with Vatnin. I actually have Vatnin ranked at 20, my 25th defenseman. Ekblad comes in at 24, so he's obviously right there in the same boat. Uh, as Ekblad for me... I just think that Anaheim's going to take a step back this year. Um, but like D said, kind of similar to why Doughty might have a big year, is there's points to go around that maybe there wasn't there before wasn't for Vaughn. So I like Vaughn this year. Uh, D, who is your breakout candidate? Uh, I got Morgan Riley. You guys might give me some flack for this one. There's nah. actually a lot to like on this young Leafs defenseman, still just 22 years old. Quietly put together a very nice season of nine goals and 27 assists while playing all 82 games for those dreaded Leafs last year. Um, you know, as the team surrounding him presumably gets better, at least offensively, uh, so too should Riley's production. At the very least on the power play, he had only eight power play points last year, started seeing more power play time towards the end of the season. Uh, very solid, underrated shot. And again, his shot total should probably continue to grow. Um, they have every year so far. He seems to be getting more and more confident with the puck. Um, in my mind, more than a fair shot to break 45 points this season. Um, so definitely worth taking the flyer considering he's only going on average in the 14th round of Yahoo leagues right now. 
Yeah, no, I actually really like Riley. Uh, he was obviously like the lone bright spot in Toronto last year, other than some of the prospects coming up and playing pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I actually got Riley in my keeper league the other day as my fourth defenseman, which I was so happy about. I think Riley has such a... He's good, dude. Yeah, he's so good. He has such a high ceiling. And then before uh, we get into some sleepers, there's another guy I just want to touch on quickly that I think is in the exact same boat as Morgan Riley, and that's Seth Jones. Um it was t- it was tough for me to choose between Ekblad, Seth Jones, and Morgan Riley. They're, they're my three top, like my top three breakout defensemen this year. Um, and most of it for Seth Jones is just because he's honestly tremendously gifted, and he picked up twenty points in forty one games after being traded to the Blue Jackets last year. So if you average that out, that's obviously forty points um, over the course of a full season, which I think is probably his floor entering this year. Uh, that was a that was a struggling Blue Jackets team last year. Much like the Maple Leafs, they should be better this year. Uh, at least offensively, Jones has a ton of potential yeah. coming into his fourth year. Uh, he plays humongous, humongous minutes out in Columbus yeah. um, at both even strength and on the power play. So I like both of those guys to to at least top forty points with upside. You know, for forty five to fifty. Um, and Ekblad is obviously um, in the exact same boat, maybe even a little more potential than those guys. Um, but let's get. Uh, I'll go to my sleeper right quick here before I get to Biebs. Um, kind of had a breakout year last year, so he's not like a huge sleeper. But based on his ADP, I think he is, and that's our boy Rasmus Risto. Risto. Right now, he's being drafted as the twenty-second overall defenseman. I have him ranked as number seventeen. Um, so he's obviously going a little. I think he should be going a little bit earlier. Um, probably about two rounds earlier than he than his average draft position of 99 right now um in just his second full season he was 10th among defensemen in average time on ice averaging over 25 minutes a night which is crazy for a sophomore defenseman uh he finished 24th among defensemen with 41 points last year and has 55 50 point upside this year um just given his massive usage on both power play and at even strength um Ristow has so much potential this year i love the guy um it's crazy I'm just going to go back to my keeper league draft from the other day. My four defensemen, I, I kept um, I kept Risto, I kept Ekblad, and then I drafted Seth Jones and Morgan Riley. So that is a dangerous foursome on the back end. I'm basically calling breakouts for all four of them, so hopefully it so, works out. <laughs> yeah, if none of them break out, Brock has a terrible season, yeah. but... That's but like, there's a good chance that all, yeah, they're all just young studs. Like, I'm probably keeping all four of them next year. Like, they're just ridiculous. But uh, D, who's your sleeper defenseman? Young studs. Uh, I actually have Alex Petrangelo, which you know might sound a little weird, um, especially coming from me. I have long viewed Petrangelo as one of the more overrated D-men in the league. Uh, but you know what? The perception has changed, and after a disappointing 37-point campaign a year ago, he's actually plummeting down the draft boards right now. Yeah, it's crazy um, flying down them. Yeah, and you know the thing is, not a whole lot has changed in his game since he was, you know, one of the top fantasy D men off the board a couple years ago. Uh, he's a threat to score double digits and seems to be a safe lock for at least thirty assists. He had only thirty last year, and it was one of the lower totals he's had in years. Uh, I got the numbers right here. Yeah, thir- thirty last year, but had thirty nine, forty three the year before, um, thirty nine the full season before that. So uh, definitely, always a safe bet to give you a fair amount of assists. And like I said, he's a threat to break double-digit goals as well. Um, his teammates shot a reasonably low 6% when he was on the ice last year, most likely contributed to his lower-than-usual assists. Uh, and But you know what? Through his struggles producing last year, his ice time never wavered, which you love to see um, from when you know a coach has that confidence in one of your fantasy players, even if you know he's a bit overrated as a defenseman overall. 
Um, he's still at 26 minutes a night, which is always going to give you a solid floor. And honestly, like a 40 point floor is absolutely nothing to turn your nose at for a defenseman in the 11th round. Um, especially for a guy that probably still has potential to push the upper fifties, I would say. Yeah. I haven't projected at seven goals, 38 assists, 45 points. So much like he kind of did two years ago. Uh, he's never been a guy that's usually, uh, missed a lot of time except for last year. He missed nine games, but prior to that, he barely missed any time at all. One game per season Mm -hmm. for four years. So, um, Petrangelo was always a guy that I was pretty high on, and I actually had him in some leagues last year where maybe I drafted him a little too early, but it was a bit disappointing, and there's nothing to, there's nothing really you can say about St. Louis that we haven't said before. They're, they should be a good offense yet again. Uh, Petrangelo and Shattenkirk, obviously, on the back end is a nice one-two punch. So I like Petrangelo, especially, like you said, where he's going right now is a little bit unfair based off last year's numbers, but... Yeah. Beeps, how about you? Um, my sleeper is actually someone who's probably napping right now because he's <laughs> probably at a morning skate and he's tired because he's an older player in the league, very veteran. But I have uh, Andre Markov. I mentioned him earlier. He doesn't do morning skates. Yeah, he definitely. He actually probably does. He just naps coach. through yeah, him. He's still yeah. sleeping. Just doesn't wake up for Co- him. Coaches the power play. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Andre Markov, my thing about him and why he's actually truly a sleeper in my eyes is he's currently going at 162 on average and that's basically your last filler d-man yeah and it's this, borderline undrafted yeah and this is someone who is kind of just absolutely every single year people forget about him and he's a first pairing defenseman next to a stud in shea weber and last year it was the last couple years is pk suban it's the guy who's put up in his past three years he put up 43 50 and 44 that's pretty phenomenal for someone you're gonna get super late in the draft um I would just I, I just really like the option. He's he used to always have the Band-Aid uh, card attached to his name, but he's pl- been healthy these past four seasons. You gotta like that. As he gets older, it seems his bones are getting a little bit stronger. <laughs> so uh, Andre Markov, I, I like him. I think he's uh, I think he's a stud back there. He's he's gonna get you a ton of assists. Maybe not the goals, and uh, especially with Weber taking the shots on the power play, maybe not the goals. But Markov's a guy. He always gets the minutes. He always produces, and people always disrespect the him. The one so. thing so. We, I touched on this a while ago, I think right when Weber got traded there, excuse me, uh, was that I don't know if maybe Markov might have the foot speed to play, like to be paired with Weber. That'd be a slow-ass pairing. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, At least on the power play. But like on the power play, Markov is a weapon, man. Like he should still be a great source of power points. When you look at it, he's eighth among defensemen in the last two years in power play points, which is crazy for a guy that's being basically not even drafted right now. So you add Weber into the mix... Markov going D to D to that blast of a shot. He's only going to continue to pick up power play points, which is great. That power play should actually has a lot of potential this year. Oh Maybe yeah, guys like Pacioretty and then who knows what Radulov jumping in there. Well, it was crazy. Like after Radulov's first preseason game, they were interviewing. I saw a couple of the Montreal players, and like he came in here like one day with the team, and he was kind of already gelling with some of the guys, and he's he made the power play that much better instantly. So yeah, you you added you know Galchenyuk, Radulov. Pacioretty, Weber, and Markov. That's a dangerous first unit for sure. Um, but D will go back. Actually, sorry, before we go to bust, there's another guy I kind of want to mention in a, as a really deep sleeper in deep, deep leagues. Um, that's Kevin Klein. I know that sounds like a bit of a hilarious name. <laughs> um, because he And he has yeah. missed 30 games over the last two years, so there are some, some durability concerns. But over that time, he still quietly scored 18 goals. Um, and the only reason I expect a, a nice improvement in points and goals for him this year is because Keith Yandel and Dan Boyle are no longer in New York and that leaves four minutes and 46 seconds of power play time a lot. 
unspoken for. So you'd expect somebody like Ryan McDonough to obviously eat into the majority of those minutes. But Klein is next in line for those minutes. They have nobody else. So Klein is going to see a nice uptick in power play usage this year. And he's got a big shot. He's proven to be a pretty capable goal scorer. Um, almost reaching double digits the last couple of years. So he could be somebody that moves into like maybe the 15-goal territory with some nice power play usage. In deep, deep leagues, I think he's somebody worth targeting. Um, or somebody at least to keep an eye on on the waiver wire um, in deeper leagues. So, uh, D, who's your bust, though? Uh... You know, I'm going to go with one of the guys we recommended early last year and ended up being one of the studs all year long, Shane Gosses Bear, the Ghost Bear. And as much as we praised and loved this waiver wire hero last season, um, he's he's bound for some regression this year. His 17 goals are going to be extremely hard to replicate. He shot 11.2% in his only pro season so far. Um, and obviously there's no career average to fall back on, but just be weary that 11% is super high for a defenseman. It's actually second in the league last year across all D-men. Uh, second to only Brock's boy, Kevin Klein. Brock's boy. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Um, People don't forget But, it. you know, just to give you more of an idea, Shea Weber, like we said, best shot in the league from the point, has only bested 11% in a season once. Um, his 29 assists don't give him a stable enough floor for me. Uh, he, he would really need to replicate that shooting percentage, which, again, is highly unlikely to warrant being drafted where he is right now. Uh, he's got an average ADP of 52 being taken in the early fifth round before the likes of John Carlson, Roman Yossi, Shea Weber, John Klingberg, all guys which we all had ranked above Ghost Bear. I don't think he cracked any of our top tens. Um, and while he is a very good young defenseman with, uh, I believe, you know, a solid future ahead of him, I just expect some sort of sophomore slump, even if it's only relative to the amazing rookie season he had last year. Yeah, the only reason why I think maybe the 17 goals or around there 15 goals is doable is that he did score 17 goals in only 64 games last year right so if he plays a full complement of games this year that'll obviously help him get uh closer to 17 or 15 goals again this year i think um i almost pegged him in here as well i think that he's obviously a really gifted defenseman he's gonna play the big power play minutes out in philly but he is just going far too early. Um, I think I was. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Sorry, just to cut you off. No, real quick, I think a lot of people are actually expecting him. You know, because he's a young defenseman coming off his rookie year to build uh, on what he had last year production wise, which is really the uh, I think opposite the issue of, here. Yeah, it's like the opposite of what I think. We're yeah, because I think best case he he do, he replicates what he did last year, right? Like maybe shooting yep. percentage doesn't drop off too much, but like you said, he gets some more shots, plays some more time that he's able to get around seventeen goals. Um, but again, that's still, you know, 17 goals is probably going to max out at around 45 points, Yeah. Um, which is just, you know, not really on the same level as the guys we talked to that are going behind him yeah. right now. Yeah, you're and really I was wishing one of, for more. I was one of the guys, like, probably the first people, like, I think he got called up, and I was like, pick this guy up, and you're welcome to everybody who listened. Um, but he did play four minutes a night on the power play last year, which is crazy mm-hmm. as well. So his usage is definitely make, makes a case for him still potentially being a top 15 D-man, but I, like... He's some leagues. He's getting drafted in the top ten, demon, and that's just not that's not the case. On that's, average, yeah. he's like he's like right around that's, the top five on average. That's crazy to me, which is just yeah. out of this world. Um, so like that. Yeah, when we, when we say better. bust, I guess it's relative to where you're being drafted, right? And that's just a little too high. There's a lot of more steady, stable guys you could be targeting. Um, mm-hmm. Who's another guy that you probably shouldn't be targeting too early in drafts? Biebs? Well, I'm glad you described our definition of bust because my pick really does go <laughs> along those lines. And I have Chris Letang, as I mentioned earlier. I'd, I was kind of going to harp on this guy, but he kind of deserves it. He really hasn't <laughs> been very healthy in his career, and... Um, I do think Chris Letang is an absolutely phenomenal defenseman. Do not get me wrong. I think if he were to put together an 82-game season, he would be 
easily the top three a top three defenseman. Oh, I'm just for terrified sure. of his health. He hasn't had a full healthy 82 game season, or really that much clo- that really close since 20, <laughs> 2010 2011. And for me, if you're gonna take this as your number one defense, I just really don't like the whole ride or die. Um, season that yeah. you're going to have with him because if he goes down you're you no longer have a number one defenseman unless i mean you you have some keepers that are pretty solid i don't even know why you would but i just i, I like some of the bodies around him a little bit more mm-hmm. that will give you the full 82 games or at least should give you them there's just like, so many safer picks yeah that's my thing it's it's a safety pick i i i personally i've had injury problems in many leagues across mm-hmm. many so different sports my whole life it's just my thing so <laughs> i hate guys who are injury prone <laughs> meanwhile i still end up drafting full teams worth Either way, um, <laughs> as mentioned, no knock against Latang. It's a knock against his body because uh, he's, he's just if, if he can put together a healthy season, I think he'd yeah, be obviously absolutely phenomenal. The only the only counterpoint I would make, like I, I don't think there's any arguing his uh, against his durability issues, uh, but you, to, like I think we could all agree that he could still play only sixty games and finish in the top five in points for D men, um, which may be you know a little bit. Uh, Makes it a little more worth the risk that you're taking to that spot. But again, I wouldn't, you know, yeah. Burns and Carlson have to go before him. Just as like a I, top like, three, I, I just don't, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't uh, chirp anyone for wanting to go with Subban or Ekman Larson. Just a little safer in that spot instead. Exactly. But like I said, he could still miss a, a decent chunk of time and uh, be right up there. Oh, he can. Yeah, he could play 60, 60 games and put up 60 yeah. points for fun. So maybe, you know, he only plays in 75% of your matchups, but he's going to give you a leg up in all of those matchups. Yeah, and at that same time, when he's out, you still have the other options playing um, in defense. If he's right, so it, it just, you, when he's out, you just pick up Justin Schultz, and then you're, you're right, fine. And then right. you know I, you're I, getting I think if you do take Latang, the, the strategy... Um, you know, you're going to want to look at taking an, another, another good pretty, yeah, pretty quickly yeah, afterwards. Sure. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. going to say that as well. You're going to, you got to try to handcuff him a little bit. Um, right. But my bust this year is Brent Seabrook. Um, right now he's being drafted as the 24th overall defenseman. I have him ranked as at 34. Um, he's coming off a career high 49 points, but that's thanks in large part to Duncan Keith's injuries. Yeah. Uh, Keith missed 15 games last year. And those 15 games that Keith didn't play, Seabrook picked up a ridiculous 17 points. Um, and the other, what is it, 66 games, he had 32 points, which is reasonable production. But over the course of a whole year, that ends up being um, 39 to 40 points. So reasonable numbers, but everybody's looking at that big year that he had last year and drafting him a little earlier than he should be going when realistically Duncan Keith is still there and when Duncan Keith's in the lineup yeah. he's the one that picks up the points not Seabrook as much so if I mean if, if you can guarantee me that Duncan Keith's going to get hurt for another 20 games this year then sure Seabrook's a great pick maybe a number two but I just think he's more of a number three fantasy defenseman than a number two fantasy defenseman like he's being drafted right now yeah and just to piggyback on that comment real quick um Duncan Keith's another guy I was borderline ready to suggest as a, a sleeper pick just because his value seems to kind of have been diminished by you know the injury concerns and he hasn't been as productive the last couple seasons uh, but, you know, to me, he's still a guy with a very stable floor oh, and sure. has shown the ability to produce with the, the best defenseman in the yeah, league still um, on any given year. Um, he, you know, he's got some he's got some knee issues right now, but he's still expected to be back before the end of preseason, which should shape up well. Um, again, always some risk there, but I, I think he's a he's a decent uh, sleeper potential outside of the top 10 defense yeah it all depends where you get him right um exactly like so his adp right now is 104 i have him near the 150 mark so uh he needs i just think he's more of a three than a two i wouldn't i don't feel like 
imagine if you have Chris Letang as your one, and then you draft Seabrook as your two, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're in trouble. He's he's just more of a he's a safer three than a two to me, which is right now he's being drafted as a borderline two, which is a little scary for me. I wouldn't uh, recommend doing that. Um, But I know you guys both have the same rookie, uh, so we might as well start with the Maple Leaf fan and get the uh, the Maple Leaf bias away from Nikita Zaitsev first, and then we'll let uh, Biebs piggyback on him on uh, your comments, D. So you go ahead. Uh, Zaitsev have a lot to like here from a Leafs fan's perspective. He had 58 points in 103 games over the last two seasons in the K. Uh, it's definitely a lot of offensive talent there. Uh, I think he's 24 right now, so should you know coming into the league at just the right time. Um, you know, and uh, more than anything, when we're talking about rookies, he seems to be safely slotted into a top four role in the Leafs this season, at least to start, which is enough to put any rookie I think into consideration. Um, for you know, top fantasy production, especially when you have the presumed offensive talent that Zaitsev has. Never played an NHL game, obviously. A lot there's some you know far from a safe bet, but you know I think he's got a shot to be the top rookie producer for sure on Demon. There really isn't that many rookie defensemen this year that are expected to make too big of a of a splash. But do you have anything else to add there, Biebs, on uh, on Zaitsev? Yeah, um, and another thing too is with the rookie defenseman, it could be another case like last year where we see the Parekos, the Gosses Bears, where these are just huge, they're not huge, well, huge, literally huge names, but <laughs> they're very small names that kind of break out unexpectedly once the year gets going and a couple injuries happen. So that's kind of what I expect coming from the defense this year again. But um, I like Zaitsev a lot, and a lot of the same reasons. Yeah, I'm sorry. A lot of the same reasons as D mentioned. He he is kind of going right into a top four role. It seems like, and my actual kind of bold prediction is that he will slot up in the first pairing by the end of the year. Ooh, I I really bold. enjoyed watching this guy play at the World Cup of Hockey. As much as I wanted him to just constantly get burned and all that, <laughs> it, he he looked phenomenal, and he he actually played some high end high leverage minutes out there for Russia against top end talent. So you really gotta like that. You gotta assume that's gonna translate over to the NHL. It, it will. Um, I mean, I, I, I see. So when it. you're playing against the best players in the world, there it's gonna obviously. Yeah, exactly. Play in the NHL and for sure. Yeah, so you gotta assume that this guy's ready to go. I think he's going to fit perfectly. I think this is such an underrated pickup by the Leafs. I, I really like oh, Zaitsev. Yeah. And one thing about him too is we've talked about how plus minus kind of depends on your team, but he still was a plus 27 and a plus 21 his last two years. That shows a little bit of his defensive talent that he has because you're not gonna be that positively plus without at least being a little bit of a stud on uh, defensively. <laughs> so I like him all around. I think he's going to fit in well with that Leafs team, and I think he's in a great position for success. It's kind of why I picked him over your uh, your pick here, Brock. But it's funny because I actually so I have Ivan Provorov, but I have him only ranked one spot ahead of Zaitsev. Yeah. Um, and then I figured you guys would probably jump on Zaitsev. I'm just going to touch on Zaitsev really quick. Um, the one thing that he's got going for him is that he's already a seven year veteran of the KHL, much like kind of uh, Artemi Panarin yeah. coming over last year, a veteran of the KHL. So he's, he's used to playing against the men, which obviously helps. Um, and I think when you were talking about rookies, obviously a lot of, for any fantasy defenseman, a lot of your value is tied towards your power play usage. Um, and Zaitsev has a very good chance out in Toronto to see some some heavy usage in the power play. Um, but I like Provorov. He was a seventh overall pick in 2015. Um, he's expected to make the Flyers on opening night. Um, he Right now he's playing with Mark Streit at even strength. Uh, it's just the preseason, so who knows what that actually means. Uh, but he could end up playing with him, which is a nice, you know, veteran partner to have. Uh, he had he's coming off of two strong years in the WHL, having recorded 134 points in 122 games. Uh, I mean, we saw Ryan Ellis put up ridiculous numbers in juniors, and it not totally translated yeah. into the NHL. So that 
WHL numbers don't mean a lot, but it obviously shows that he has a lot of offensive ability. Um, and I know that the Flyers are really, really high on this kid. Um, however, like I mentioned, he's playing with Strait, but he's also going to be be behind Gosses Bear and Mark Strait for power play time, probably to start the year, uh, but could work his way into some nice usage. Yeah. So I like Ivan Provorov um, right up there with Zaitsev. Scouts are absolutely massive on Provorov right now. Too. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's another guy I just wanted to touch on super quick, was that's Jakob Churchin. Who we saw drop heavily yeah. uh, in the in the draft, and I wanted the Red Wings to jump all over him. Ultimately, the Red Wings used that pick as leverage to get rid of the Pavel Datsu contract. So I mean, it was like kind of like okay, fine. Although we didn't get him, you had to they're do raving it. about Chitrin in um, Arizona right now. Apparently, he's having a tremendous camp. They absolutely love him. He's playing monster. He's averaging like 24 minutes a night right now, which obviously it's only preseason, but they they absolutely love him. He does also have some offensive upside before. He dropped to number 16. He was the preseason consensus number two among uh, scouts last year, like right behind Austin Matthews. Yeah, what was it? it just his shoulder was... And he, yeah, issue. and he, he just kind of had like an up and down yeah. year. He just didn't have a great year, so that helped him drop. But anyways, that's another rookie name to maybe keep an eye on early in the year because it looks like he's absolutely going to start the year um, with the Coyotes. Uh, but that's pretty much it. That's all we've got here for fantasy defensemen. Hopefully we'll be, be able to get back together later this week and do uh, the same episode for goalies to wrap up our position previews. And then we're obviously going to have a quick mock draft episode early next week before fantasy hockey truly gets underway. Um, For anybody who has a draft this week, good luck. Anybody who has a draft next week, keep listening to our episodes. Um, Basically, it's listen, learn, win. That's that's our motto here. I just made it up. But But we roll with it. Now it's now it's our motto. Yeah. But uh, enjoy the Blue Stones. I'm Brock Stegan with Beebs Bondi and Dylan D. Berthium. Have a good night. Good luck drafting. Peace. the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.